Marty Plum, and I am your host of a Pin and a Napkin podcast. And I am back with my good friend Casey Hall, and we are back to discuss episode two of Winning Time about the building of the Lakers dynasty. Is that all that there is, is the name of this particular episode. I don't know if you noticed this or not. Did you see who directed this episode, Casey? Uh, I thought I saw Jonah Hill in there. It was Jonah Hill. It was yeah. Jonah Hill. So uh, bringing in the big timers for uh, these episodes. Um, let's uh, let's let's jump into it right away here. Uh, it's it's a little late here. We're we're kind of behind time wise. I had some technical difficulties before we got going here. Uh, so uh, we are going to just jump right in. Kind of uh, let's just uh, uh, start where where we started out last week. Overall thoughts. What did you find interesting or or uh, Anything throughout the episode before we start getting into the categories? Um, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Um, I thought it was kind of the storyline of trying to figure out how to build the roster, um, stuff like that. Kind of the Jerry West history was kind of, I don't know if it's history, but just kind of showing his background. What he what he was going through personally, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. on off the court. As a player, as a coach, as a kid, I guess, kind of. Yeah, that that first scene with, uh, you know, him as a child and and the uh, domestic violence going on in the background that was that was that was a tough watch. Yeah, um, kind of liked I kind of liked seeing some of that stuff. So I I mean, I guess I never really looked too deep into his like childhood growing up to kind of know you all you only kind of know about his. NBA time as a player, as a coach, and as an exec and GM. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was I really liked the. I thought the Jerry Bus and Red Auerbach stuff was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably my favorite on, part. That was probably yeah. My I, part. I'd agree. I thought that was really good. Um, some of the magic stuff with going back home and everything with his mom and Cookie. Um, I guess you got to get kind of a premise of what he was going through um, back home mm-hmm. as he was getting ready to come out to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was—I thought it was a pretty good episode. I thought it was better than the first episode. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I, I guess kind of liked how they were. I, I kind of like getting into that, trying to build build up a roster stuff, and then I kind of—I I liked the. Red Auerbrock and uh, Jerry Buss stuff, just yep. like saying we're going to go in and kick your butt. Like I don't care who you are. Yeah. See, I I agree with you on that. I uh, I have just been, and again, maybe this is just my false expectations for what you can realistically do as far as a basketball television show. Uh, but I, you know, I've been a little bit disappointed with the pace of the personal stuff with magic and cookie and i again i i you know like last week i thought okay i understand what you're doing i understand that you're laying the groundwork uh and and i guess they're building a personality around Irvin. uh yeah. just just like they're per, you know they they built a personality around jerry west here he you know he's the logo he's this man of 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 you know just iron 
uh, will uh, develop through, as we found out here this episode, uh, why was why was he throwing trophies through uh, windows and stuff like that? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. he was really, really hard on himself. And uh, today, I, I think it would be very apparent that he, he suffered a lot of trauma. Uh, he had a lot of what we would call today mental health issues that would have been addressed and taken care of uh, a lot differently uh, than they were back in the seventies the and the eighties and so forth and so on. Um, you know, I didn't need a shot of Jerry West and his whitey tighties. Uh, right. <laughs> but, but I get it. Um, uh, but no, I, 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 I thought there was almost, you know, I, I, I guess, and again, you'll, you'll, you'll have to see it. We will have to see it for, uh, what it is altogether. Uh, but we, we start to see, uh, the magic Johnson, uh, versus the Irvin Johnson characters, uh, both on film and in real life. And we see how uh, he was kind of two different people out on the court. He was one way and all smiling and doing this and that. But guy was kind of a jerk uh, if this is the way he truly was off the court. Uh, you know, he was upset with Cookie dating this guy, even though he told her he didn't want to date her anymore. Uh, but he didn't want to let her go. But he was chasing around every, uh, let's just say he, he, uh, he had a, a lot of uh, females around him, as it showed in the episode. Uh, but she couldn't date, I think, the, I think the guy's name was Brian or whatever. Uh, and he was a real jerk to him, you know, uh, and a jerk to her as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I could have done with, done with the whole... I'm kind of ready to see him in LA and kind of get to where we're at training camp and mm-hmm. going through that stuff. I mean, I know they got to build the storyline and as we both said, it's let's get to a little more basketball into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I th- hopefully, hopefully we're getting there soon. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was, it was an okay episode. I mean, I'm not saying it was 10 times better than last week's, but it was a little better. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was also interesting, um, you know, Bus was a pretty shrewd dude and a pretty tough dude, and he, you know, he kind of. I liked the scene uh, before him and Auerbach talked in the in the forum, uh, but right before that, he was talking about his his childhood in Wyoming and how cold it was and how his stepdad made him do this and that and the other thing. It's like you see the glitz and glamour and and him hanging out with with uh, the people that he's hanging out with, uh, but to you know, there's there's a pretty big backstory there too, as well. Yeah, and and his his shrewdness and his toughness, even though it was a it was seen in a different way um, by the public, he's a pretty tough guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, he seemed like he'd done through, I, I mean, I want to say physical abuse, but it wasn't like he was beat up, just farm work and mm-hmm. had to work hard to get what he wanted. And now he's kind of like, I'm going to put that hard work to shove it down someone's throat and say, I'm going to work harder than you to make my team better than you. Yeah. And enjoy it every step of, uh, of the it, way. Exactly. 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 So, or, yeah, I, I thought that's pretty good. Um, you know, I, I, that's kind of some some of the same observations I had. I really enjoyed uh, the hour back and bus stuff. Um, you know, let's let's you, you just want to jump into the categories and get rolling here. Yeah, we can do that. All right. So, uh, best scene 
of the episode. And I, I, uh, I had a couple of the, you know, one or two of my scenes kind of crossed over from best scene to also grading the basketball realism uh, type of thing. Um, so uh, what were your, what did you have down for your best scenes of the episode? Um, I had two of them. The first one I liked where it was at the beginning where they were all, all the Lakers coaches and administration or GMs and all of them were in there and they were, t- and Jerry West was upset with like, whatever I say, they don't listen anyway. They just kind of do what they want. When I ask that I need players, certain players to win. I kind of like that. And the basketball aspect, like aspect, like where, does he always get what he wants you never know mm-hmm. uh, i just kind of like that and where jerry said you tell me what you want and i'll get it for you yep so i kind of like that where jerry just kind of stepped up and said you tell me what you want and i'll do it yep yeah um, and then my second one i liked uh when jerry bus and uh red arbach were in the restaurant and they sat down and we're just kind of, and Red was pretty much like, I don't care what you do. You're never going to, you're never going to beat me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great minds think alike. Those are my two favorite scenes as well. Uh, I'm going to give then, uh, of those two scenes, which one did you like better? I like the, I like the restaurant one with Jerry Buss and Red Arbuck. <sighs> Okay, so we're going to have to split the award this week because I like the war room scene. Uh, okay. I, I like that one. I enjoyed that one. Uh, but I also like the, the bus an hour back at dinner, um, kind of going back and forth. And an hour back just kind of squares him up. And uh, I, I wrote – there were two uh, what I thought were great quotes this episode. Hour uh, back looks at, at uh, Dr. Bus and he says, you know, you're just not a competitor. And I thought – that's uh, that's pretty that's a pretty big matzo ball there out yes. there you know putting that out there um and then if you uh if you remember the the scene where uh they got all the books taken out because he didn't want to see how much money they didn't have and yeah. i think her name is the her name is claire rothman uh she comes in he gets her a drink <laughs> he's like what do you want to drink and she's like it's 10 o'clock in the morning or whatever <laughs> he's like well it's after breakfast, isn't it? Right. <laughs> you know? and I, thought, I thought that was funny. I laughed out loud at that line as well. So uh, I, I I see where you're going with that. Uh, I liked I liked both of those scenes. It's it's cool that we thought the same thing. And and for those of you that don't know, Casey and I never talk about our observations before we jump on these type of podcasts. Uh, we uh, you know we we definitely we're we're, we're feeding off each other here. So. Uh, I like the war room. You like the dinner. Six of one, half a dozen of another. Uh, we both thought that they were great scenes, and that's the most important thing that we could get out of that. So, uh, worst scene of the episode. I have, I have four of them, and and mainly, I, I'm going to go three. Sorry, I'm going to take one of these out here. Um, I did not like the bathtub delivery scene. Uh, where he spends all this time talking to his mom. Uh, I did not like uh, the fish fry scene. And I know this is going to come as a shocker after last week. Uh, but the, the playground pickup game, the alpha, alpha dog thing, uh, 
Magic's playing pickup with Cookie's new boyfriend, Brian. Uh, those were the three scenes that, that I thought were three of the worst scenes of the episode. What did you think? Uh, my number one was the pickup basketball one. Oh, that was the worst. That was the worst scene by far. I thought. Why would you do that? I mean, I, I, we do. My thing. I, I I totally agree. Like, why would you do that when you just did it the week before? Yes. Yes. Like we know magic is good. Yes. My my only thought is: Are they trying to say he's still really good at basketball because he got beat by the guy last week? Well, it's two different total caliber of players you're talking about there. You're going against Storm Norman, then you're going against some guy that is playing pickup on the... He's the manager top. of a shoe store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just don't... I, I don't get... I don't get what... I mean, I see what they're trying to do, make him an intimidating figure on the basketball court, but I don't know if they need to go to that level because... If you're anybody that's watched basketball before or heard of Magic Johnson, we know he was good. Mm-hmm. We don't need to. We don't need to go back and have him beat up on some guy that runs around in the neighborhood. Yeah, and and if he's the number one overall NBA draft pick, okay, so you're so you're you're dunking on some dude that's the manager of a shoe store. You know, yeah. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. That's why you're getting paid a half a million dollars a year in 1980 money uh, to. To, to do that that's what you should be doing uh right. i mean this is this is like me uh dunking on my six-year-old nephew or something like that yeah, well, i would exactly. i would i would hope i would be dunking on my six-year-old nephew because i'm a 48 year old man uh yeah. you'd have to lower the rim a couple feet but i'd be dunking on him you know uh yep. that's I, I i don't know again if they're just trying to show uh what kind of a uh, a, a jerk Irvin was at times. Uh, I don't know what they were going for, but he rolls up in the car. He comes out. Um, you know, he's he's kind of feeding into his own ego a little bit. And I could, you know, I can kind of see why Cookie uh, was attracted to him, but also didn't want anything to do with him either. Yeah. You know, because she was calling him on his on his baloney. You know, and. Uh, I'm just like I told, like I said last week. I'm just not a big, you know, alpha dog scene guy. Here's the two, unless it's like at the end of Karate Kid with with Johnny and and uh, Daniel Larusso and and that type of thing. You know that that fits into the plot. But this was a right. dumb scene that they didn't need to have in there. Yeah, if they're gonna do that, just get it to training camp where he he's getting shoved around by somebody that's on the. On the NBA, on the Lakers roster. Yeah, they could have cut that out. They could have cut uh, the bathtub scene out. They could have cut the, the uh, you know, just little thing. I mean, they should at the very least be into their rookie year and, and all the ups and downs with uh, the new coach. And, Pat. you know, next week it looks like we're going to get Pat Riley in on it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, why are they taking to episode three to get Pat Riley in? Uh, right. Uh, you know, that's that's a little bit frustrating for me as well. I mean, you know. Right. And again, we got to wait till the whole thing is put together. Uh, but the pacing of the the actual basketball stuff is is for me much too slow at this point. We're we're getting ready for episode three, and we haven't seen anything portraying the Lakers basketball season. Yes, exactly. And we only have seven episodes left. Exactly, exactly. All right, so we are in agreement there. Um, the basketball realism. What grade 
did you give the basketball realism in this episode and why? What was your justification for your letter grade A through F? Now, we didn't see a lot of basketball playing, real basketball playing, besides the blacktop game. Yep. But I, I think the... I think the war room thing was kind of real. Yep. Uh, I, I, I think that not kind. I think that's real. I think um, the owners meeting, of course, is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see where um, David Stern, who was there as a visionary, mm-hmm. they would call him on the subtitles, mm-hmm. um, kind of said that, hey, no one really likes you because you just came in and threw money out there to buy a team. Uh, to Dr. Jerry Buss. I think that was kind of real. Now, I don't know if that was said, but I think that's real. That could happen at a, an owner's meeting where people don't like someone from the outside coming in. Oh, I think that's very realistic. I, I think uh, I, I think from what you've, you've heard from uh, owners coming in, you know, like Mark Cuban uh, was yeah. not liked uh, when he first bought the Dallas Mavericks, and, and he only... Uh, you know, enhanced that uh, that the the way that people did not like him because he built a, an arena and he had he was the first guy to have twenty assistant coaches and right. all that other stuff. So, uh, so yeah, keep going with that. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. And then, and then I think, um, I mean, you got to think. I mean, I know Red Auerbach was always a grumpy old man. I want to say. I mean, towards other people, mm-hmm. um, but you got to think him and Gary Bus had some type of relationship may not have been good but you got to think that that was potential where that could happen Mm -hmm. so i think overall basketball wise i I could probably give it a high c low b Mm -hmm. on how much basketball was real in there um and really that was probably 50 to 60 percent of the episode minus the other parts were all magic back home and lansing yeah yeah I, I gave it a C. Um, I really here's the things that I really liked, uh, and you mentioned a few of them. Obviously, we already we already said our favorite scene, or or you know, tied for our favorite scene was the war room scene. Uh, you know, the the owners' meetings. We 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 talked about that. Um, you know, our back just keeping secrets and and keeping not necessarily secrets, but keeping his opinions close to his vest, and and he. He was, you know, how many times did he swindle other teams out of uh, players that later went on to the Celtics and he had a diff- different vision for them as players or he, he would make a trade uh, to, to, you know, obviously like the most famous one was to Golden State for McHale and or for Parrish and what ended up being Kevin McHale and and stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, you know, he was he was a visionary. He was ahead of the game there. Um I thought uh, a couple of things that you didn't talk about. Uh, I thought it was interesting, um, and, and and this might be the coaching, you know, this could possibly be one of the coaching points that we would steal from this episode. Uh, the scene, you know, Norm Nixon was only in this episode for one scene, and he's in Jerry's office, and they're talking about, you know, Jerry's kind of kissing up to him. He's like, you know, I, yeah, I, I know I've been kind of hard on you. <laughs> they show yeah. him just, you know, ripping him up and down in, in, in every which way. Uh, and sometimes we as coaches, uh, we don't think we're being uh, as as hard as we are on players at times. Uh, but in the reality, if we're a neutral observer just watching this, uh, we're not being very good uh, to our players. Now, again, 
that's the NBA. That's professional basketball. Um, it, it's not like the level that we coach at. We would never be able to get away with one billionth of what Jerry West got away with in that right. setting, you know, that type of thing. But uh, just being aware of the effect of our moods and our our swings and and going you know the way we can be up and down at times you know we need to be steady obviously one of the things that they showed in this episode was how up and down jerry west was as a person you know is his the one scene he comes back and you know he tells you know his wife's crocheting there and he's like you know you haven't talked to me in three days and now you just want to hang out and have a good time i mean come on are you kidding me here you know yeah um that type of stuff um you know jerry west goes to kareem's house um, trying to communicate with him, uh, his vision of the team this year was another kind of basketball centric thing um, that that I saw uh, that would grade into that realism because you do have to have those conversations with players and you have to explain to them their roles and what your vision is for this year's team uh, for for their, that person's role within the program, so forth and so on and and so. Uh, Jerry West, in obviously very colorful language, went and, and had these conversations with these guys, and and those are realistic. I don't want to say realistic, but you know, of course, with the language and the settings and things like that. But those are conversations that we have as coaches, where we do try to sell our vision to our players and try to get them to. Uh, have ownership to make them feel like they're part of that process and let them know what we're thinking and, and the way we see the forest as opposed they uh, as to how they might see the forest. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. So I gave it a C. You gave it a C plus, B minus? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, the award this week, who made it, who made the most out of the 80s and survived award? Um, I'm going to give that award to Jerry West um, for me this week. Uh, just in the sense, and obviously it's the final scene of the, the episode where he says, uh, you know, I need to walk away. And he realizes that he cannot um, invest into uh, the to this job anymore. He, act, he, he kept saying, you know, I don't have a choice. This is my job. This is what I have to do. And, and, you know, his wife at one point said, is it really what you have to do? You do have a choice, you know, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, people have to step away from things and, and take a step back and, and realize, you know, maybe this isn't, you know, what it is, what it should be for me. Um, you know, so I think that was good. And, and I don't know if they'll show it or not, but obviously, uh, Paul Westhead is eventually fired. And and that's when they named Pat Riley as coach. But Bus was going to make Riley like the offensive coordinator and Jerry West the defensive coordinator at the press conference. And very famously, uh, as soon as they got off the stage, Jerry West was like, "I'm not freaking coaching this team. Um, I'm not a coach. I was just here up here to support you and to support Pat. But I'm not coaching. And he has never coached a game since that point, and and will never coach again because obviously he's in his early 80s at this point. So. Um, that was my who survived the eighties or who made the most out of the eighties and survived award for this week. How about you? Uh, mine was Jerry West as well. Um, I just think seeing just his personal history from showing scenes from as a kid, um, with the abuse, like we said at the beginning, and then also showing him like when he's 
contemplating what he's going to do. It shows him outside shooting hoops as a kid, but then it shows him like outside at home shooting as, as an adult, like just kind of going through those phases and then always going back, showing him finally winning the world championship. Um, just looking at the days, like, why am I here? What am I doing? Yeah. Kind of look. Was this all, you know, as it says, uh, the the title of the episode is that all that there is. You know, I, I've been waiting all my life to win this championship, and this is it. And then three hours later, he's in a some sort of hotel bar, and he ends up hooking up with this gal, you know. Right. Yeah, it just kind of just kind of leads you into more of wanting to know more about Jerry West and what we've all been what we've seen and what we've been told. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think just kind of shows that he didn't know what he wanted when he was, when he was done playing basketball. Yeah. Uh, he was kind of lost. He was kind of just out being a coach, but out wandering around, I guess you could say um, in a daze the whole time. Yeah. And, and that's what happens with a, with a lot of these folks at some points, you know, and, and and one of the things, and again, I'm you know, I'm not Jerry West, but uh, one of the things that I learned from my couple of years away from coaching is that there is life away from basketball in coaching, and that you know there's you know, and and I'm I wasn't as obsessed of being a great player as Jerry West was, nor did I have his genetics or his skill level or anything like oh, that. Oh you know? come on, I know you were top of the line up there in Northwestern Iowa. Ah, oh, yeah, I was. You know, at the uh, at the St. Pat's Blacktop in downtown Sheldon, Iowa, they had a they had a nine foot rim on one end of the court, and I tell you what, there was a couple times I, I touched the net on that thing when I jumped. And it was pretty impressive, man. You should have seen it. Uh, I almost got a nosebleed. I was up there so high trying to grab that net flying up there, man. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, you can, uh, you know, uh, we, we hear a lot about, you know, these 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 athletes, these professional athletes, and especially great. Well, heck, we got that here today, Casey. You can't tell me that once Tom Brady got two months removed from his season being over, he was like, I'm I, I think I'm gonna miss miss this a lot more than what I thought. I already missed this and, and that's the reason why I'm coming back, you know? Yeah. Yep. You know. So um but but I think you I think you said it perfectly. You know, he's just kind of wandering in the wilderness, not really sure what to do and, and where to go with his with his life. And uh you know, but at the, at, like we said, at, at least the good thing was he figured out that he needed to walk away, that it was best for the Lakers that he walked away and they bring in somebody that wasn't Jerry West to run the team on a daily basis. So, um, yep. Next category. What is the coaching point or concept that you are going to steal from this episode, Mr. Hall? I don't know if I'll steal, um, but I, I, I liked how, and it, it, like you kind of said earlier, you kind of discussed it. I liked the Jerry West aspect where he went and talked to Norman about his potential role and what his ideas for the team this season and also with um, Kareem about what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. I, I, I mean, I think that's something that every coach needs to do um, either at the end of their season or at the beginning of the season at least, and, and maybe both discuss where they need to be at mm-hmm. a certain point for high school kids at the end of the postseason, where they need to be and what they need to work on for the summer. And then when you get to the fall, kind of explain like this is where I see your role to be for this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think an NBA is total different picture than what 
we deal with on a daily basis um, at the high school level. But I think that's, I mean, and I hope most coaches do that, but I think that was just something that stands out that it happens not only at our level, but it happens in the NBA at the highest level of all to discuss things over with players and kind of let them know where they sit and what they what they need to improve on or where they're going to be for the season. Well, and at the NBA level, uh, especially when you're dealing with your veterans, your, your guys in, that have been in the league for eight, nine, ten years or whatever, these are these are grown adults. You know, with us, yeah. we're, we're still working with teenagers. Uh, you know, we're talking about men, grown men with families, their fathers, their husbands, their, you know, so forth and so on. And just like you would expect from your job in insurance or my job as a teacher, uh, you would expect your boss to talk to you about your vision and where do you stand and how do you expect, uh, you know, what do we need from you to make this a, you know, a good quarter uh, in the sense of, of your business or what do I need to do better in the classroom as I'm instructing my kids or things like that. Uh, that's just, that's just what we expect. And, and, uh, I, I think that's what good NBA coaches really, really do. That's the secret of a Greg Popovich. That's the secret of, uh, a Doc Rivers or, or some of these real Eric Spolstra, these really, really high level coaches that have won a lot is, is, the players know what is needed from them because the coaches have told them and, and you can't lie to them. You've, you've got to be brutally honest at times, you know, you, now again with our kids uh, and, and their kids uh, you have to be honest. Maybe you start out, you know, with a, a little bit more of a positive spin on things, especially if it's not great news for that player. But ultimately it comes down to, you have to be brutally honest with everybody within your, within your program and organization so that there aren't no, there, there aren't, there aren't any mixed signals. That's why I teach history and not English. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I, I think that's a great point on that. Um, here's what I'm going to take away. Um, I really liked, uh, when, when Buss and Auerbach met for the first time at the owners meetings and, and he talked about how important it was to be driven to be a winner. And, and here is, here's Buss with the ladies and he's talking about going out and, and partying up and all the, all the owners are doing that. And Red was probably going back to the hotel and studying whatever analytics were available at that time. And he was just biding his time to make that deal or whatever it may be. Uh, but he was, he was always on the job, per se. Um, and so having that work ethic in the offseason, developing everything within your program from top to bottom. Uh, now, that's a dangerous, dangerous thing, because I don't know if you remember what he said. Uh, by doing that, uh, he said something along the lines, I'm a miserable human being because this is the way my mind works, but I'm obsessed with winning, and I know that's what it takes for me to win, or something along those lines at the end of that conversation. Now, again, that's a fine line. Uh, you, you, you can't get too overboard with it, but you do have to work really hard in the offseason, put in good work, uh, come in, organize, have a plan, know exactly what you want to do to the best of ability to take your team or your program to where you want it to go. And, and that was kind of the one of the that's what jumped out to me personally uh, as I was watching this episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think he probably overworked himself like as you said like 
you've got to have a little balance in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and Red never had that. Um, he was always trying to find a way to win and win every win, win again and win again. Mm-hmm. Um, he, that's all. That's all his mind mind thought. Uh, but I think uh, we've all got that vibe in us that killer instinct in us where we want to win all the time but there's also that time where you're like you've got to let it breathe a little bit um i think now that basketball's over in the state of nebraska it's kind of like that's where everyone's at right now it's like it's been a great ride it's been a good four months mm-hmm. now it's time to let it breathe a little bit and not over not try to fix things that you can't fix right now yeah yeah, it'll breathe until probably tomorrow morning sometime when the first Mass Blast email goes out uh, for right. the first team camp of the summer, yep. which you know what I'll be doing when, when that happens. I'll be copying and pasting that into an email for a couple of the things that we'll be doing. You know, right. So guilty just as much as everybody well, else. I just don't feel like trying to find 350 different email addresses. I agree. Yeah. So um, overall grade – for this episode, Mr. Hall, what do you give this from A to F? Uh, and last week, what did you give last week? I think you gave it like a C. A low C, I think. Low yeah. C. I gave it a B minus. Um, what did you think of this episode? Um, I thought it was it was probably. I liked I liked a lot of the Lakers stuff and the War Room stuff and the Red Auerbach stuff. I'll give it a C plus. Okay. I gave it a C. I dropped pretty drastically. Um, yeah. I'm 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 ready to go with. Okay, let's start. Let's start talking about the personalities on the team more than we are the personal stuff behind the scenes. Um, yeah, you know that's what to me. And again, I'm a basketball geek. Uh, that's what this has been advertised for me. Uh, and I'm not saying that you don't have some stuff with Cookie because that's obviously uh, you know. When when Magic was was uh, when he came out as HIV positive, um, you know Cookie was right there with him, and, and she became famous overnight because of that. Because you know she's Magic Johnson's wife, and she's pregnant. Yeah, I I get that. Uh, but but I'm ready to move into the dynamic between Magic and Norm Nixon on the floor within the team. I'm ready to move on to Magic and Kareem. I'm ready to move into Pat Riley. I'm ready to move into Magic versus Bird on the floor. Uh, you know. Let's get this going a little bit. So I really enjoyed the war room. I really enjoyed the stuff with Auerbach and Buss. Um, I really enjoyed uh, a couple of the trivia notes in there. For example, uh, how Magic got his nickname uh, yeah. when he was in high school. True, you know they they did a good job with that. Uh, the balloons in the ceiling uh, when when Auerbach was talking about Game Seven of 1969. Obviously, that's a true story. That's a very well known story. So I liked yeah. I liked how they. They threw those little nuggets of, of basketball stuff in there, um, but let's the you know the, the engines warmed up. Now let's start hitting the road here a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying when I get the I'm ready to see the part where Kareem and Magic have to try to figure out how to work together. Um, go there like we've seen Kareem what twice in two episodes. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he I mean, was in basically one scene each week. He's got to be one. 
Hello? Uh, or kind of dominant in the 80s. I, we lost you there for a second. What did you just say oh, there, Chase? He's one of the reasons that the Lakers are one of the most dominant teams in the 80s. Like, we need to get more, a little more storyline with him and Magic going on. Well, and, and, and Kareem in and of himself is a fascinating person. He greatly, yeah. really misunderstood, really deep thinker. Um, you know, he's the, he's the, he's the NBA's all time leading scorer for goodness sakes, you know? Um, and, and we've basically had him in for, for two scenes, uh, in, in, in two weeks. So you, you have to anticipate that that stuff is going to, to happen. Um, I'm just anxious to start seeing it. I'm just anxious yeah, I agree. to see it. So, all right. Anything else, Mr. Hall on this episode? Nope. I think I'm good. All right. Well. Thanks for coming on again this week. I appreciate it. Uh, we will be back again next week. Hopefully I won't have to give Casey a reminder this week like yeah. I did today. Uh, it's been a, It was a long week. We were down in Lincoln a lot together this week uh, watching basketball. Uh, obviously, Casey was on uh, one of the roundtable pods. Um, we got a lot of good things lined up here this week uh, for, some, for some other podcasts. And uh, just just uh, now that my season is over with, now this week's still going to be a little bit crazy. We've got our banquet this week, and, and once we're through that, then it's kind of officially time to let go from last season. Uh, but uh, we will be ready to go. We've got a lot of good things going with a pen and a napkin. And, and these episodes, I always enjoy doing these because it's, it's just a great change-up for me personally of doing something a little bit different from what I normally do. So, Casey, I really appreciate you coming on, and, and I think folks really enjoy, from the feedback I've gotten, folks really enjoy listening to these episodes. So thanks so much for helping me out. Yep, not a problem. All right. This has been the A Pen and a Napkin review of episode number two of Winning Time. Is that all that there is? Uh, this has been Marty Plum uh, from A Pen and a Napkin, Casey Hall, uh, helping me out here. Co, I hope you enjoyed this, and we will look forward to reviewing episode three next week. <laughs>